So last week we ended uh, the message on the scripture of Romans chapter 12 and verse 2 where Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the... By the... Right, okay. And so what that means, and please be very careful to listen to me today, okay? You might think I'm saying the same thing that I've said before, but I'm not saying it. You have to be very watchful about the seed today. Okay? Very good. So Paul is saying, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Which means, being conformed and transformed is not God's choice, it's yours. Being conformed to the world, which is becoming like the image of the world and being transformed into the image and likeness of Jesus is not God's choice for you. It is your choice for your life. When Paul is, is giving us a statement in, 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 in Romans chapter 12 and verse 2, he's saying, be, according to King James, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Which means he's encouraging you to make the right choice. <clears throat> and for far too long, we've had people, depending on God to transform my life. God, change my heart. Change my life, God. Change my life. I give my life to you. And God is like, Nothing's happening. Change my life, God. For years, fasting, praying, doing everything. No change. God's like, I gave you the choice to change your life based on what you behold. Wow. <laughs> Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3. I'm going to go through a lot of scripture today, so I'm, I'm in the teaching mode today, okay? So if you have your pen and paper, quickly write it down. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 3 says, Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the express image of his nature. So there are two things he's talking about here. The right, the Paul, I think it's Paul who's written Hebrews, but nobody knows. I know. But, <laughs> but the language is very similar to the book of Romans, you know. Uh, so anyway, he's saying... That Jesus is the radiance of God's glory and the express image of the nature of the Father. Which means Jesus is twofold. He is the radiance of God's glory and he is the express image of the nature of God. So which means Jesus is the glory and he is the nature of God the Father. Alright? And so now when, when we have renewal of the mind that takes place, we're looking for two things mainly. We're looking for glory and we're looking for God's nature. Are you with me? Second <clears throat> Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 18 says, And we all with unveiled face beholding the glory of the Lord are being transformed 
into the same image from one degree, degree of glory to another. For this comes from the Lord who is spirit. So if I were to take these three passages of scripture, the book of Romans, Hebrews, and, and 2 Corinthians, what I'm trying to communicate to us is in order for us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, we need to receive the key element, the key ingredient for transformation, and that is God's word. So how it happens is that when I receive God's word into my mind, and we're not talking about outside yet, we're talking just mind, say mind. So when we receive God's word into our mind, God's word, which is God's glory and God's nature, comes and sits in our mind. Shh, like that. It comes and sits. It takes the place of a lie that you believed. Most times. Because the truth sets you free. And you'll understand what that means in a little bit. And so the glory of God and the nature of God comes and sits in my mind because I've received it now. And according to 2 Corinthians, as I behold him, as I behold the glory of God, I am transformed into the image and likeness of what I see. So which means transformation does not happen if I come to church. Transformation does not happen if I fast and pray or I give money and all that kind of stuff. Transformation happens first in the mind. And when my mind is transformed, now I can make better decisions. But when, my, when, I'm, when in my mind I've got to behold something, it's not just knowledge, it's a person. As I behold him in my mind, I am transformed into him in my mind. I'm, I'm believing that you're going to get it today. So I'm not going to spend time slowing down, okay? You're a smart church, right? Very good. And so as I behold him, I'm not, because we like to look at an idol and we say, okay, that's an image. And now as I behold that image, I'll become like that image. That's being conformed to an image. But in my mind, it's the same principle, but it happens in my mind. So as I, when I receive the truth of God's word in my mind, I receive it now. And as I behold it with an unveiled face, what that means is I've removed all my impressions about God, all my value systems, all my masks, all my fake identities, all what people said to me. I remove everything and I behold him as I am. As I behold him as I am, now when I see him, I am transformed into his image and likeness, but it's still in my mind. Are you with me? Yeah. I have to behold him as he is. For example, we were singing about the goodness of God, right? You are good. You are good. You are good. You are good. If you were to truly, and this is how you transform your mind. If you were to truly understand the goodness of God and you would take goodness and you apply it in your mind and you would say, God has always been good. He is good and he will always be good. It, it eliminates all the lies that we've believed about God. It eliminates, oh, there's a tsunami. Oh, God did it. There's an earthquake, natural disaster. Oh God, God is angry. God is he's pouring out his wrath upon the, upon the nations. No, 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 no. God said he is good. Yeah. 
See, now itself you're already struggling with the goodness of God. God is not angry with you. He is good to you. So if God is good to you, then his goodness is in your mind. So when you remove all the junk off your face and you come before God with an unveiled face, just who you are, needing a savior, you look at him as a good God. Now you are transformed into the very goodness you are beholding. So which means as God is good, so are you. So which means you walk around now believing, not just thinking, you're believing now that you're a good person. When you go to the office, you're a good employee. You come to church, you're a good church member. You're a good musician. You're a good person who serves. Your service is good now. You play the drums, you're a good drummer. You set up the sound, you're a good sound engineer. You go to the office, whatever you do, you're a good whatever you do. You have no thought in your mind that says, oh, I don't know, I'm not that good. Because as God is good, so are you. Which means if you say, well, I'm not having a good day today, that means you've believed a Oh, no, brother, I'm having a bad hair day. Well, God doesn't have a bad hair day. His hair is perfect all day long. So all the women in the house, whatever your hair is like, (laughs) for the ones who don't have hair, (laughs) it's all good, man. (laughs) It's all good. Do you understand what I'm saying? This is what it means to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, but the, but the, the thing with God is he's never constant. He's always progressing. He's always proceeding. He's always moving. The revelation is growing deeper and deeper and deeper every day. So which means yesterday he's good. Then today he's love. And he reveals himself as a God who, is, who loves unconditionally. And you, if you behold him and you receive, oh God, everything that I've received in my life is because of your love for me. God, it's not what I've done. It's because of what, what Jesus has done. I receive love, unconditional love in my life. And when that is in my mind, as I behold love, now I walk around my life. As love unconditional. I walk around, I go, I'm in my marriage as an as a unconditional lover. I walk on the streets and, and with people in the petrol stations, it's unconditional love. Which means I love without you having to prove yourself or do anything in return for me. I just love because I love because I love, I love, I love, 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 love. There is no other option except love. Why? It's because you've been transformed into love. Are you with me? So this is what renewing of your mind looks like. People would say, man, you know, uh, you don't know what kind of a past I have, but I can tell you what kind of a future you can have. See, it's because you behold your past as your future. That's why your future looks like your past. But if you were only to behold him 
Not yourself, not your identity, not who you say you are, not what people say you are. You behold him. Then you'll be transformed into his image and likeness. So if you were to, if you were to look at your life, would you say that the fruit in your life is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control? If, there's none, if, if, if you fail on one of them, then you know where the problem is. The problem is not in your identity. The problem is in your mind. If a wife would come to me uh, and, my, and Kelsey and, and seek counsel and say, my, my husband is not good. He's doing this. He's doing that. And there. Oh, whoa, whoa. all this negativity is filling your mind. And so now because it's filling your mind, it's the only thing you behold in your husband. And so now that's exactly what you're producing now in retaliation to who he is. But if you are transformed into unconditional love, now whether he's good to you or not good to you, now your response to him is unconditional. Come on now. Now you're not looking for a reason. Oh, the pastor didn't call me to pray for me. <laughs> oh, you know, he's only talking about money. <laughs> Why did they ask to give so much? Because we give out of love. No. We, don't we don't need to have a reason to say give. We don't need a reason to serve. We don't need a reason to love people. We don't need a reason because we are When we see people's flaws <clears throat> in their lives, when we see flaws, husbands see wives' flaws and flaws, flaws see other flaws. <laughs> and everybody seems to floss their teeth. <laughs> not today, Lord, not today. <laughs> when we see people's flaws, If you respond to them according to the nature of their flaws, then their flaws have control over you. When we don't respond to people based on their flaws, but we respond to people based on who Christ is in us, we know that our response will be fruitful. Thank you. Someone gets it. Yeah. 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 Do you understand? Our responsibility is our ability to respond is the way God created us. So if you are angry, if I get angry, guess who's controlling who? And guess who is becoming conformed into your image and likeness? I think I'm speaking to someone because I know you're gone quiet. <laughs> when we see people's flaws, we need to exercise patience. Long suffering. <laughs> How long? Long. Very long. 
Suffer, it's called suffering. Lifelong. Life <laughs> 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 you know, uh, if I, if I, no, I, I'm not going to go there. I'm not gonna, <laughs> no, 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 no. I'm not going to go there. Word, 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 word. I'll, so when we see people's flaws, we need to be mature. You know what maturity looks like? It looks like this. If my mind is transformed by God's word and I see someone's flaws, my responsibility is not to respond to their flaw. My responsibility is to be patient. My responsibility is to, to reflect who I behold. Yeah. My responsibility to my people is to reflect the one I behold. And when we see people's flaws, um, the mature response should be, oh, there's nothing wrong with him. There's an issue with the mind. Because I've seen people take the baby and the bath water and throw them all out. When the issue is with the mind. All, all we need to do is address the mind. When we address the mind, it's natural for them to respond to what they behold. Are you with me? Yeah. Let's open our Bibles to the third epistle of John. Verse 2. It says, Beloved, I pray that you may prosper in all things and be in health just as your For I rejoice greatly when brethren, he's not talking about the denomination, when brethren came and testified of the truth that is in you, just as you walk in the truth, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. I mean, it's what John is trying to tell us here. He's saying prosperity in your life is clearly linked to your soul. When we think of prosperity, we only think money. But when you understand that salvation, or the Greek word for salvation, is the word sozo, and the, one of the meanings of the word sozo is the word prosperity. And when, when we understand salvation, that when we offered our life to Jesus and we, we, we surrendered our life to him, he took ashes and transformed it into beauty. He took your poverty and he made you rich. But we think richness is only in money or wealth. But I want to tell you that richness is in your children. Your children are your riches. Your wife is your riches. Your husband is your riches. Your church and the community you're a part of is your riches. Your office is your riches that God has given you. It's, it's a place of, of, of being transformed, of being saved out of something into something. And so when we talk, when John is talking about prosperity right now, he's not just talking about, about health and wealth. He's talking even as your soul prospers, which means when your mind is being renewed by God's word, it affects or has a direct impact on every area of your life, not just money. 
Oh, come on. Which means when, when your mind is being transformed or being renewed, you, you, you become a good husband. <laughs> being a good husband is being rich. Man, when my wife testifies of me in public and she says, I'm a good husband, that means she's recognizing the riches. She's describing how rich I am. Some, I, I really feel like wives need to start doing that. Talk about how awesome your husband is. <laughs> Husbands are saying yes, wives are not saying anything. <laughs> the reason why you're not saying anything is because your mind needs to be renewed about your husband. Yeah, all the husbands should be like, yes, finally, someone is speaking on our behalf. <laughs> and like yeah, yeah 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 tell her I'm I'm fed up man you, you tell her <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> pastor you don't know <laughs> I I don't want to know <laughs> that that's why I don't know. <laughs> so, salvation just doesn't mean that God rescued you from death into life. He rescued your finances from death into life. He rescued your wealth from death into life. He rescued your health from death into life. But just as Christ has done that for you, If you understand that Christ has already done that for you, today you should, you should be able to gauge whether you're rich or poor. Okay? I'll tell you now. <laughs> if you understand that Jesus became poor so that you can become rich, rich is who God is in your mind. Do you understand? As you behold the richness of who God is in your mind, you are transformed into being. Thank you, Ken. I think Ken was the one that's getting it. As I behold God as a rich God, rich, I'm talking about quality of life. I'm not talking about money. Please just don't think prosperity is only money. I'm talking about quality of life. When, he, when you behold him as rich, you will never say, I'm poor. You will never say, you, you will never, you, see, I'll tell you, I know how you give based on the revelation in your mind. Amen. Amen. Come on. If you think you're a rich person, rich means I have so much that I can give away so much. Richness doesn't mean calculating how much you don't have. That is poverty. Richness is saying, I, I have so much in abundance that I can give away freely. Amen. Look at that as you're grocery shopping. <laughs> right? Look at that when you go shopping for clothes. It will tell you how poor you are. If you walk into the shopping mall or grocery store and look at the sale items. Ah, that's where I can save money. Oh, I can, I can buy that. I can... That is cheap. 
No, no, you're cheap. <laughs> I would rather buy one thing that is good quality than buy five things that fade away tomorrow. Amen. It's a good day today, I'm telling you. <laughs> huh? We tell you, oh, you know, we go to the grocery, go grocery shopping, and we don't look at the organic section. <laughs> oh, organic is expensive. No, you're poor. You're poor in your mind. You don't understand that that can actually add value to your life. More value than what... It's, it's like, oh, we go, we go look at the vegetables in the, in the cheap section so that we, we can save money. Save money. Save money for what? <laughs> no, pastor, better day. See, let me tell you something. People live their life saving money for retirement. But the problem is you compromise on the quality of life and you die fast. What are you going to do with your money? <laughs> are you all Okay. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm rich. I'm a rich pastor. Yeah. yeah. I'm rich. Yeah. I don't walk into a mall looking for discounted items. That's not for me. I look for the one that has the highest price tag. Amen. Yeah. I'm killing poverty right now. Yeah. When Jesus looked at, I don't know why I come here and I look at the offering and revelation comes to me about giving. But I think I need to address poverty. People in church are more poor because of your mindset than what Christ has done for you. The woman with the two, two copper coins, the mites, had more than everybody else because she was rich. It's not the amount that you give, it's the amount that's left behind. You know, when you have an unrenewed mind, you can't handle the truth. When you have an unrenewed mind, the truth becomes too heavy. No. When you are rich in your mind, richness creates an appetite for more. Have you ever met a rich person that doesn't have an appetite for more? The poor want to become rich, but they don't not rich in their mind. They think by saving they become rich. The rich people spend money, they invest. Richness is not just money in the bank. It's the atmosphere around you. It's the quality of life that you live. Some of you guys are, I can see you're going through your life right now. And you're looking at your choices and you, and, and you know that God is saying that you are poor in your mind. And if, if that's happening right now, right? 
what you need to do is just say, God, forgive me for believing a lie. I received the revelation that I'm rich. Do it now. Do it now. While you're listening to the message, do it now. Yeah, do it now. There has to, you need to understand when God reveals, he gives you a revelation, he's not waiting for you to go home. Now, now, respond now. Fear's breaking now. So as you're hearing, you're saying amen, right? Take that word and say, God, you know what? I believed a lie. Forgive me for that. Lord, I changed my mind now. I'm rich right now. Because you are rich, I'm rich. I look at you as a rich God right now, Lord, right now. I look at you as a rich God. And right now, I change my mind. I change my mind about how I believe about myself. Right now, I'm a rich person. That's called renewing the mind. That's how you renew your mind. Stop thinking that you're poor. You're not poor. You're rich. <laughs> John 3.16, we quote the verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have. John 10.10, 10, a thief comes to steal, kill and destroy. But I have come to give you and life in. Right, that everlasting abundant life is the quality of life. Of life, God is not interested in Christians living a long life poor. Because I did not give my life to God to suffer in poverty when he said I should be rich. Please don't think I'm talking about money. I'm talking about quality of life. Don't worry. I'm not going to give an altar call for offering after this message. Don't worry. <laughs> but at any time, any point in time in this church, for new people and for old, at any point in time, you believe that this word is something that you need to sow into, the revelation, sow into it. Get up, push people aside, do whatever, because they are probably sleeping. Push them aside and say, I've got the sword. <laughs> Go into it. I've seen a difference in, in our lives when I've sown into the word. Okay? You're, you're rich, right? You're not poor. So every time we talk about money, right, people put their head down like that. <laughs> sow into the word. So life, when God is talking about life, he's really not talking about a physical body, an extension of life. He's talking about the quality of life that extends your life. <laughs> I, I don't want to live long, man, in the sense that I don't want to live long doing absolutely nothing with my life. I don't want to live long not enjoying my life. That is a revelation for some of you. Some of you feel you're called to suffering. Please, I, I'm not. You know what makes suffering easy? Is when you know you enjoy life. You enjoy. There is nothing that can that can that suffering has that can take this joy away from me. I am constantly in a place of joy. And because I'm enjoying my life, even when suffering comes, bless you. Even when suffering comes, I don't sow into suffering, I sow into joy. I sow into joy. I enjoy life suffering so much that I enjoy life so much that suffering doesn't have a portion in me. Some of you might need that for your office this week. 
Just like I said about the, about the lumps disappearing, some of you might have the toughest week of your life, but the word in your mind is being tested. Well, people give us a bad name. People give us a bad name about the revelation of life. I enjoy the life I live. That's why I want to live long, man. I enjoy the fact that I can change people's lives. That's why I want to live long so that I can change more people's lives. Right? When, when you think that life is only about living long without a good quality life, you are a poor man living a long life. There's no use because you're no source of inspiration. When was the last time you went to a poor person and said, hey, please pray for me. I need an impartation of your poverty. You look at a rich person. You look at Bill Gates and you look at all these people. You look at them. Man, there's something about this guy that, he, that, that the way he makes his decisions. Why does he make his decisions? He makes his decisions because of quality. When Tesla wanted to make cars, he said, man, I'm going to make cars that would benefit people. <laughs> we need to come into this place where we understand that the atmosphere of our life is more important than just living. Let me give you, let me give you an example that you would understand. Scientists today are, are coming to an understanding that the human cell, are you listening? The human cell has within its ability to live long without the option of death. The human cell. They found out that there is nothing in the human cell that can kill it from the inside out. Today, they're finding out this is the information. But the reason why people are dying or the cell dies is because of the atmosphere around it. The reason why people physically die is because of the atmosphere around them. If you look at, if you understand that what I'm talking about is quality of life, the choices that you make for, for your life, the things that you wear, the food that you eat, everything around, the friends that you have, the church that you go to, everything around you is making you, giving you the atmosphere for you to live long, it means that the cells in your body are, are, are communicating with one another based on the atmosphere around you so that you can continue to live longer and do everything that God has for your life. If you were to go, now, now there's, a, there's a revolution in the food industry in these days. All the chefs are, are going to the farmers. Have you, have you noticed that if you watch food, food shows, I love watching food shows. I enjoy food, by the way. I don't enjoy fasting. I enjoy eating. So, and so because, <clears throat> because of, of this food revolution now, most people, most chefs are going, we want to buy directly from the farmer. And the reason why is not because of money, because it's cheaper, we can get a better deal, cut the middleman out, all that kind of stuff. It's got nothing to do with that. People have started to understand that the minute they pull the carrot out of the ground, the carrot starts dying. And it's most nutrient when it just comes out of the ground. For some of us who live in countries like this, it takes two months for the carrot 
to come from wherever it is growing to this land and it looks fresh. <laughs> come by fresh food that has been sitting on the shelf for two months. If you understand how apples are, are made so fake these days, because it has no nutritional value, they have to pump antibiotics and this new thing and that thing and we are eating all this junk thinking that it's good food. But actually, if you were to go back in the old days, we would sit down with farmers that have plucked out their ingredients fresh sitting on the road selling their stuff and we would buy a week's supply of, of goods and meat because well they just cut the cow just yesterday and the meat is still fresh and now we're buying it and we store it and we eat it for a week it's the most nutritious food and people have lived longer than they're living today why is because they don't cut corners trying to get something cheap when you get something cheap what you're buying is less quality when you have less quality, you're getting less nutrients into your body. It's creating the worst atmosphere for your body. I think I'm speaking to someone. It creates the worst atmosphere for your body. And your cells are thinking, God created us to live, but you're making choices that are killing us. Come on now. Renewal of the mind. Renewal of the mind. The atmosphere for life needs to be an atmosphere that enables us to live longer rather than die faster. The minute you cut corners, you're cutting your life shorter. The minute you, 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 you cut on quality of your life, man, you're cutting corners for your life. Oh, I don't know. If you look at the stuff that is in our church, you look at, you look at, you look at the stuff that is in our church. We have not cut corners on anything in our church. Nothing. We have the best of the best in our church. We have keyboards and drums that are limited editions and speakers, I don't know, but it's awesome. And the reason why is because I understood that good quality attracts good quality. If, if we want to attract businessmen that have a lot of money into our church, then people need to stop acting poor and begging people for money. Oh, come on now. When we focus on asking each other for money, you're, gonna, you're, you're allowing the atmosphere in our church to be a poor atmosphere. And that atmosphere kills the momentum of the church. Hey, listen, I'm going to help you out today, okay? I'm going to help you out because you need help. This is not a, not, a, not a strike at anybody personally. Kelsey and I have given thousands of dirhams away to people in need. And we still continue to give. But it's not because you asked. It's because the Lord told me. I would love for us as a church to be so prophetic that we hear God's voice about everything that we have. That we don't just binge on our giving. Man, come on, now I'm preaching. We don't just binge on, just, just cut corners in how we give. Oh, I have to give two dirhams. Oh, I don't know. I don't, don't have to give you two dirhams, two, three dirhams, five dirhams. No, 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 no. When the minute you cut corners even in your giving financially, 
You're investing less seed in yourself. Come on. You need to understand that this place is the body of Christ. So whatever you're sowing in the offering, you're sowing in yourself. So if you put, if you have, God told you to put a thousand dirhams and you put ten, guess what you're sowing into your life? Because God will supply all of my need according to his riches. I don't need your money. You need to give your money. Because if you don't give your money, you're sowing poverty into your life. Because your seed is tainted by a lie in your mind. Come on now. Yeah, a few people are capping. But I bless you for that. I bless you for that. Yeah, because you're, you're embracing the truth. When people ask me for money, when they say, give me thousand dirhams, I don't give them thousand, I give them three. Thousand, not three. Three thousand. <laughs> not, because, not because it's like, oh, you asked me for thousand, I have thousand. No, 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 no. You don't understand what I do. When we go to a restaurant, I fight to pay the bill. You know why? It's because I understand how rich I am. And when I understand how rich I am, everything that touches me is rich. Man, even the lip thing on my pocket is rich. You understand? It's rich. You understand? When you sit and have a meal with me and I take my money that is rich and I sow it into you by paying the bill, you know what I'm doing? I'm taking abundance. I'm taking riches and I'm sowing it into your life. I don't, the reason why I'm fighting is not for myself. I'm fighting for you. You need to understand that I have a hundredfold seed in my pocket. But because I have a hundredfold seed in my pocket, I don't waste it. I don't waste it. I'm a wise steward of God's money. I don't invest into poverty. No, 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 no. I transform poverty into riches. It's the mindset. You need to understand. It's the mindset. I, I hope you're getting it, man. I hope your mindset is changing because, you know, we, we have this thing about, we, we don't talk about money. Don't, 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 don't touch my money. No, no, it's not your money to begin with. You know, I've been in ministry 23, 24 years. And I have seen such a load of junk. Really, in churches. I've seen so much of junk. People, are, pastors don't have the guts to speak the truth. And tell the people what the truth really is. Because they don't love them enough to tell them the truth. They love their pocket. And they're scared if I say something that people won't give. Well, guess what? In this church, if you don't give, guess whose loss it is? Yeah. <laughs> oh, pastor, I don't have a job. Well, now you're going to get a job after I teach you this. <laughs> you know, I tell, I tell God this. I say, God, give me so much money that I can give it away. That's when it'll come. Because <laughs> people, but by Paul says, people are asking amiss, which means they are, they're asking for their own selfish desires. I, when you live your life for the kingdom, 
it doesn't mean that you live your life to give people money. It means that everything that God gives you is for His plan and purpose. People have asked me for money I've not given. Actually, in fact, now I don't give money. You know why? It's because what you need is not money. What you need is a changed mind. Because if I can change your mind, you will not be in the place where you're at today. John chapter 4, are you there? Excellent. So the context is Jesus does his first miracle in Cana of Galilee, and then he travels. He goes on a mission trip, and he's talking to this woman at the well. And he talks to her, and he talks about the, I'm the river, you're the water, drink the water, all that kind of stuff. Uh, and it's pretty good conversation. And then he drops a word of knowledge in her life. He talks to her about her husbands. And the one she's living with is not her husband, right? And so this woman now listens to Jesus, and something shifts in her life. Something shifts. She goes from seeking to worship to saying, I need to talk about this guy. So she leaves Jesus, she runs back to her city, and she tells everyone in the city, come meet a man who told me everything about myself. Right? So I want us to pick up this passage in verse 39. And many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with them. And when he had stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his own word. So you have, now look at me, now you have a woman who has an issue in her life. But there's something that shifts in her mind to... Believing that her issue now becomes the message. There's something that changes in her mind where God transforms her, uh, her mind, uh, renews her mind. And she goes away and she talks to an entire city. Saying, hey, come meet a man who told me everything about my life. And they come to Jesus and they, they, come, they believed him because they know the issue of the woman. Sometimes uh, some of us have, have hidden our, our secret sins and God's waiting for you to expose it so that he can use it. <laughs> Didn't expect that to come out that fast, but it did. And so now you, you have an entire city that's telling Jesus, we believe in your word. Can you stay with me? Can you stay with us? Please, please stay with us, Jesus. And so they, he says, okay, I'll stay. And he stays for two days and he continues to teach them. And they be, all believe not because of her word, because of... Hey, someone's getting it. Something shifts when, when you listen to my word. And you walk away from this room and go, Jesus, I need you. Can you please come home with me? I need your word, Jesus, for tomorrow. I received the good revelation about the goodness of God today, but I need revelation about your love tomorrow. Can you come with me home, Jesus? And something shifts when you believe here and you go home and you believe his word. Something shifts in your life. What shifts? An entire city starts believing Jesus. 
Now, if you go, th- for time's sake, if you go through this chapter, he-, he talks about Jesus now leaving them and coming back to Cana of Galilee. The same place where he did the miracle. And a nobleman comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, can you please heal my son? He's really sick. He might die. And Jesus' response to them is absolutely shocked me. He says, you people. He says, you people. These are his people. He's saying, you people will only believe when you see a miracle sign of wonder. Isn't that like church? Oh, brother, unless you give me a word of knowledge about my life and it's accurate, then I listen to your prophetic word. Unless I see the miracles of people coming out of wheelchairs, then I won't believe. Do you understand? That kind of attitude makes Jesus upset. Because you need a miracle in order to believe. The people who are heathens believed and didn't need a miracle. We make church all about miracle signs and wonders. And although it is awesome, it has a very limited impact. I am not beating down ministries who are about miracle signs and wonders. I love what they do. I honor and respect it. But what God really loves, what God loves, is people who choose to believe him first. See, because it doesn't require faith to believe God when you see a miracle. Come on. If I had a gold coin in my hand and I multiplied it into two in front of me, you believe, right? But it doesn't require faith. But the Bible says that it is only faith that pleases God. So when is faith, when, when do you need faith the most is when you don't see it. When you don't see the miracle signs and wonders, when you don't see the money in the bank, when you don't see the promotion, when you don't see restoration in your life, that is when you need faith. Because faith... Come on. Come on now. That's when you need faith. You don't need faith when it's all done. You need faith when it's not done. Why Why does it please God? It pleases God because... You're not moving by sight. You're moving by relationship. You're moving in a, in a way with God that says, I prefer you more than what you can do for me. I prefer your word to renew my mind more than the miracle can renew my mind. See, the impact of this man's miracle to his, was his, only his family. Because Jesus got upset with him and then he said, yeah, your son be healed. He just said it like that. And the servant, this man left Jesus and he walked away and he went to his own home. And while he's on the way, his servants come to him and says, the son is healed. Don't, don't pester Jesus anymore. So he found out, what time did this happen? It's the same time that Jesus said, be healed. We're in the church, we make it a model. But we fail to see that Jesus is not pleased by that model. Jesus is pleased by a woman. He stays with the woman and the city for two more days. How long did he stay with the man? Come on. How long? He did not stay. The man got his miracle and walked away. But the woman pulled her city and said, stay with me, Jesus. 
And so here you have, and, and then the Bible says that him and his family believed. What about his city? What about his city? What about Cana of Galilee? Jesus did two miracles. None of them were saved. Only a family. And a few disciples believed him. There's something about a renewed mind. When your mind is renewed, God looks at a renewed mind as potential to change the city. We can do miracle signs and wonders in this church and we will attract people, but they will come and they will go. No one will stay. Because when the miracles stop, so will the people stop coming. But I don't want to build that kind of a church. I want to build a church where people come for God's word. Because true transformation, listen, every person that is sitting in this room today and hearing the sound of my voice, if you believe a word that I've said today, if, I've, if you believe it, and if you allowed your mind to be renewed, God can use every single person, even one person in this room, to change the city. Even one person. Even one person who believes it. If you don't believe it, I believe it. I will change the city. God is looking for people to change cities and nations. He's not just looking to change a family. Although the family is important, it's really important. But God is saying in the city is the family. If I can change the city, all the families in the city will be saved. There's, a po there's power in a renewed mind. Hey, Pastor, this is well and good, you know, but what about my life? You're talking about renewed the mind, I renewed my mind. <laughs> the fact that you're answering, talking to me like that says that you don't have a renewed mind. <laughs> no, pastor, you know, I'm, 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 I'm praying. I've, every time I receive the word, I'm, I'm changing my mind. But I'm not seeing the impact. I'm not seeing the impact in my life. I'm seeing, I'm seeing the impact. My heart is changing. It truly is. But I'm not seeing it being manifested. I want to take you to another scripture. You know, the Bible says that these signs shall follow the preaching of the word. It doesn't say the preaching of the word follows the signs. <laughs> if you know your Bible, you know what I'm talking about. The great commission that Jesus gave. He says these signs will follow the preaching of the word. They will heal the sick, cast out demons, cleanse the lepers. But we make it about the signs. We don't make it about the word. But what pleases God is people who choose to believe the word. When people need money in their life, don't ask for money. Ask for the word. I would love to have dinner with people and love to sit down and talk to people who would ask me, Pastor, can we talk about the word? I would love that. Not talk about the problems that you have. Your problems that you have are going to be sorted out in no problem. In, in seconds but the issue is the reason why you're in the problem <laughs> can we deal with the reason why you have you're in debt can we deal with the reason why you are beating your wife can we deal with the reason why you're drinking so much can we deal with the reason why you are smoking so much or addicted to pornography so much can we deal with the reason because the reason is an unrenewed mind and the only way a mind gets renewed is when 
if you receive the word of god the truth not just anything not just a, a nice you know instagram video that i send somebody wow man look at this video i sent it this week that's why i'm telling you i sent it to people i said wow man my 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 life has changed because of listening to this word but honestly speaking it wasn't the word that god was telling me we place more importance on what preachers have to say than what god has to say i'm talking about personally personally i would take a clip of my friend preaching in sri lanka post up on my facebook page but i never post what god says i'm talking about quality 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 come on man don't you think that god preaches better than anybody else don't you think that god is way better than your pastor he's way better than your pastor he loves you there's limitations to me but he's unlimited why don't we celebrate him it breaks my heart when people celebrate people more than they celebrate god He gave his life for you. The reason the way we can change our life is by changing the atmosphere around us. I want to give you two quick examples of how Jesus changed the atmosphere in his life. Are you listening? It's in Luke, it's in Luke 4, it's in Luke 3. You don't <clears throat> you don't have to go there. I'll just for time's sake. Luke 3. We see Jesus being are you listening? Have you already left the room? <laughs> Look, we see Jesus is coming to be baptized by John. Right? And we see Jesus saying this is we must do this. And he gets baptized and in Luke it says something so beautiful. It says and Jesus prayed. Jesus prayed. and the heavens opened oh come on don't think don't look at the band jesus is more important right now the word is more important right now when jesus was baptized he comes out of the water and luke says he prayed which means somebody heard him pray the way you change the atmosphere in your life is by speaking the atmosphere that is in your mind come on now the way i change the atmosphere around my life is by speaking the atmosphere that is in my mind if my mind is renewed by the word of god i speak what is in my mind jesus prayed the heavens opened when did the heavens open over your life When did the heavens open over your life when you prayed? When did angels and the Holy Spirit descend upon people when you prayed? The reason why is because you're praying out of need, not out of renewal. Are you with me? We go to God and say, "God, give me money." But we don't say, "God, I thank you that you're rich." and because you're rich i'm rich and i thank you that i will never live in poverty again i will never live in lack again Amen. he prayed and the heavens opened you go to luke chapter 9 and we see that jesus is taking his disciples to go to the on the mount of transfiguration to pray 
he's teaching he, he goes and with his disciples up a mountain to pray and the bible says as he prayed it says his face begin to shine like the sun and his clothes begin to to become radiant oh come on come on his clothes became radiant his face began to shine it became radiant what does that mean it means that what was on his mind the radiance of glory the transformation that was happening on the inside is what he was praying and as he spoke that transformation began to happen on the outside of him ladies and gentlemen this is how you change your life i'm not saying go into a room go up a mountain top all i'm trying to say is speak the renewed mind speak the renewed mind sing the renewed mind when we come and worship god we're not just singing songs i'm singing a renewed mind i'm singing i'm praying and when i pray the heavens open god's desire is for you and me to live long yeah because he did not create you with the option of death he created you with the option to live long but the quality of your life is your decision you can finish your life faster by cheapening your life by cutting costs by cutting corners you know how you do that in your walk with god only feel spiritual on a friday But the rest of the week you're busy with the world you're being conformed to the world you come here shed the image go back conform to the world come to church shed the image this is the game this is the cycle that most of us are caught in but after today we will never be in this cycle ever again never again never again never again we'll never be in this cycle ever again atmosphere in your mind is what god desires for you to manifest in your life you know when when jesus was transfigured when he was transfigured the the disciples were like oh jesus we'll make three tents one for you one for moses and one for elijah and god interrupts the disciples and he speaks his pleasure over jesus He says this is my beloved son but then he drops it it's a mic drop moment he says hear him when jesus was baptized god the father spoke only to jesus now you'll understand what i was talking about in during the communion time god the father spoke to jesus this is you are my beloved son in whom i am well pleased and the people around jesus heard his voice like thunder <laughs> huh But now God the Father spoke because the disciples minds were renewed they heard what the father was saying but what gave the father pleasure was that Jesus was renewed he was transformed and transfigured and that's what 
God used to change the world. God used a man called Jesus. Transformed his life. Transfigured him. He was the word made flesh. But as he spoke, he is still today changing the world. It's one man. One man that allowed his mind to change. One man is still shaking the world. Man, one man. One man. One man. Today with technology, people who have gone away to be with the Lord are still teaching us. They're still teaching us. Not only just by video, but man, the Bible says the cloud of witnesses come to witness how you fulfill the call that is on their life. I'm saying this only because I'm recognizing that there are people who are in the cloud of witnesses in the room today witnessing the message that they heard that you're hearing today. There are people who are on that mountaintop that are in this room today. And they're standing here hoping that you will transfigure like Jesus. Because when you do now, your city and your nation get saved. See, but getting saved is not just a sinner's prayer and 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 an altar call. Jesus never came to do altar calls. All he was interested in is do you believe? Do you believe? He was okay when people believed. Because when, he, when they believed now, the word in them will change their lives. You know, people come to me, parents come to me and say, Pastor, can you please pray for my children? Can you please pray for, for, for you know, my son is behaving like this. This is happening. That is happening. All, all I say, all I say is you change first. <laughs> you change first. When you change everything else will change around you. Stop calling out the flaws. Start calling out God. Stop calling out the flaws in each other. Call out God in each other. You are loved. You are peace. I love it when when my dog, you know, is not acting peaceful. I speak to him and I say, you are peace. Peace be still, still. (laughs) It takes him a a little bit, but then he realizes that I'm peaceful. And because I'm peaceful, he automatically becomes peaceful. If my dog starts behaving in a, a, with full energy, and I'm like, ah, both both of us are going to pull each other and This is what happens in marriages. Husbands and wives. Husband had a bad day. He's come home with a bad mood. And now the wife is nagging. And so the mood becomes even worse. And so no one is representing Christ. The day husbands and wives start representing Christ to one another is the day we will see so much of transformation in families. When, you're, when you don't get bothered by your kids' bad behavior and you start communicating to them and say, you are love, you are peace, you are long-suffering. Don't just give them the iPad. Suffer with them. No, seriously. Seriously. Just suffer with your kids because you never know what they're communicating to you. 
Don't just cut corners with your children. Take them to a theme park and allow them to dance in the bouncy castle. Spend time with them. Because it causes you to, to suffer, right? No, just fix, fix the problem. Fix the problem. Take them to... Just play with them. Go do video games. So I can do what I want to do. It's called being selfish, not Christ-like. What about the time when you can just take your kids and spend time with them and speak life into them? Speak love into them. Speak hope. Speak a future. Don't give them false hope. <laughs> speak, give, give them real hope. Talk to them about what their future would be like. See, some of us have not made good decisions in our, in, in our, in our life, but, but we, we, we were so fearful that we want to project a fake image in front of our kids that, that they behold a fake image and become like it. Why don't, why don't we just own up to our mistakes? We, we say, hey, yeah, yeah, daddy's not made the best choices in our life. We've made mistakes, but you know what? When daddy and mommy sat and we read God's word, God changed our mind. And today we love one another. We don't hit one another. We don't scratch each other. We don't throw each other on the walls and, and shout at one another. We communicate in love. You know why? Because God doesn't shout at us. He speaks. I think, I, I think I'm speaking to... Listen, I don't know whether you're, you're, you're catching what I'm saying, but maybe, maybe husbands need to start thinking like their wives so that they understand what they go through rather than making demands that they change. Okay, all right. <laughs> I think we went into marriage counseling right now. But I really feel like, you know, that so many areas of our life can be changed if we can just change our mind. Stand up, stand up. You guys did good.